Thanks for joining us online today. We are really glad you're here. Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And if you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. And if we can help you in any way through prayer or support, we want to encourage you to use the links that are in the description. Thanks for joining us, and we pray this message both encourages and inspires you. What a beautiful day to come. Celebration Sunday. Let's celebrate all that God is doing. I, I hope that in this time that we have, you'll be able to take a moment. Um, there's a lot, you know, we, when we leave this place, there's just a lot going on. And it's just, you can just forget to reflect, to think about the good things God has done. So what I, I hope is going to happen for you today is that you will be able to reflect for a moment of what God has done for you personally in your life. Um, our word for the year is new beginnings. God wants to take you out of that Ezekiel 37 Valley of Dry Bones. He wants to move you into a season of new beginnings, and we want to celebrate some new beginning stories. This is Brandon. Come on, Brandon, have a seat. Let's... Uh, um, I want you to hear some stories of new beginnings, and Brandon is one of those stories. Now, some of you know Brandon, but if, if, you, if you don't know Brandon, um, he is, uh, he, he, you, were, you were raised in a Christian home, right? Mom 100, and dad? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Mom's right back there. <laughs> mom, where's mom at? Where's she at? Yeah, there, oh, there she is all the way in, in the back. That, that's homesick. Uh, he, oh, he's sick? Oh, man, I know this is a... It's a really special, special day, but we're, we're going to have this. You can watch awesome. it on YouTube. Yeah, we'll, we'll have it on YouTube this week. And in fact, I would just encourage you um, when this gets posted this week to share this with somebody you think that needs encouragement, um, because I think your story is not only going to be encouraging for those who, you know, we just came through a series of talking about uh, moving from the darkness to the light. I think the story is going to be incredibly encouraging to so many of you that feel trapped and um, stumble over and over again, and am I ever, ever going to get out of this? But I think it's also going to be encouraging for some of you um, parents that um, you have a prodigal, you have a child that you raised in church and taught them the ways of Jesus. And the thing that is not guaranteed is just because you teach your children about Jesus, it's not guaranteed that they are going to follow or choose to follow Jesus. And it doesn't mean you're a terrible parent. If it means you're a terrible parent, it means that God is the worst parent of all. Because think about how many of his children are not following him. And he's the perfect father. So Brandon, um, I don't know where to start in your story. You, um, so you're raised in the church, but let's start with this idea. Um, but then you, you just fell away. Talk to us a little bit about that moment when you just went away from God. I grew up playing music. And my parents were always around, you know, we played in venues, bars, stuff like that, but always had my parents around pretty sheltered. And when I turned 18 and got signed to a label and got away from my parents and got exposed to the world, uh, went downhill pretty quick and never looked back. Um, got involved with all the stuff that goes on in the music scene, girls, drugs, stuff like that. Um, and I crashed pretty hard multiple times. I've been to rehab like a dozen times. I've been locked up multiple times. Uh, luckily, never have been to prison, but spent multiple months in jail. And, uh, you know, roller coaster. Um, 
and I was looking at like eight years in prison and God delivered me just, I would call it divine intervention for me not going to prison for eight years. When I got out, I just felt like I really had to pay it forward. And I started a ministry, taking it to the streets. You know, we did that for like five years. Uh, people from here. You well, shared, you actually shared on this stage. I remember came he came up here. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. shared about, uh, started with a sandwich on your birthday, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, my birthday, my mom, my sister, and I, I had like 50 bucks. We went out to Dollar General, filled some bags, went downtown where I knew some homeless people were staying, fed them, and I was in vet court at the time and rounded up the guys in vet court, and it just grew and grew and grew until all the uh, diversion programs like DUI, you know, drug court, vet court, all that stuff. Uh, guys were coming to volunteer, get their community service hours with us, and then uh, 2020, we have a landscaping business, and the devil has ran the same play against me. Once I was telling you, thought about it a couple of days ago. So I want you, I want you to pause real quick here. Um, so you can get the picture here. So Brandon's raised in the church, goes way far away from God. And um, I know your mom and dad were just crying out to God on your behalf, train wreck. But you come out of that. Um, so much so that he's got a, I mean, I don't know if you know, taking to the streets, but I mean, feeding a lot of homeless people. Um, I think you're an advocate too for vets in the court system. Yeah. I mean, just going to bat. I mean, just, just rocking and rolling. I mean, just amazing how God was using you. So you're up on this high thing, just doing this amazing thing for God. And you're also working for your dad's landscaping business. Correct. And then they get to this point where the devil seems to, you said, yeah. set you up. Same play. 10, 12 times uh, we have to pick up trash off of our commercial properties, and I found drugs on the ground. I've been sober for like five, six years. Farthest thing from my mind was relapse, and I just picked it up and put it in my pocket, and uh, boom, downhill. And a couple of months later, mm. my parents called you. And uh, you came to my parents' house, and I was over there, and I was in really, really bad shape. And uh, I was really angry at them for calling you, because <laughs> I didn't want yeah. you to see me like that. And That uh, was, uh, I got it. so as a pastor, I, um, I see a lot of pain. Um, I will never ever forget that day because I didn't feel like a pastor. I knew I was in that moment, but I just felt like a dad standing with another dad and mom. And you were so mad. You were around the corner of the house. You wouldn't even talk to me. Um, <laughs> I love it that they called me and <laughs> make them over. But uh, you did talk to me. You ended up I did briefly. Yeah. I, I broke down really hard and yeah, then sucked it up. And I had a, a friend who had brought me to my parents' house who I'd known from childhood. And he was supposed to be waiting at the gas station around the corner when I got done confronting my parents for <laughs> whatever. And I went back to the gas station and he was gone. Well, hang on just a second here because I want to back up if I can yeah. until... The other, like from the other perspective, um, I remember talking to you and just telling you that you know you have a decision to make. You and you, you knew the right way to go, and I said you can you can stay, and and, and you can find the hope of Christ, and 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 we'll help you. I want to. I said I want to help you, and I was very sincere in that. I was ready yeah. to walk with you. Yeah. I said, or you can turn and and just walk away. 
You told me that if I walked away, I would wind up going through the same lines that I fed people in, and that came true to a much greater degree than you even know about. You were right. It was so hard to stand on that porch. I just uh, had my arm around your dad and... um, just wept, honestly. I just wept as I, as I literally saw the prodigal, the, the story of the prodigal son. I literally watched the prodigal walk off into the distance, having no idea that you were going to Jim's one stop, like, like it's right up the road here, and you're supposed to meet a guy, but he wasn't there. Talk about that part of the story and how critical that is in this, in your story, in your journey. So, we were using together and uh, you know, after I found the stuff laying on the ground, I contacted him when that ran out and that's how I was keeping up the whole program. And um, he left and I realized that I didn't have anywhere to go and so I turned around and I made the long walk of shame back to my parents' house where you still were and I walked right past you and right past my parents and into my parents' house and threw a fit like a you know, little kid throwing a temper tantrum. And um, they managed to talk me into going to a, a, like a halfway house type thing. And I stayed there for a couple of weeks and I contacted that guy and he was coming over. I took the trash duties of the halfway house so that I would go out four o'clock in the morning to take the trash out. He would drive by and throw stuff out the window to me. And uh, sometimes I would get in the car and we would roll around until like 5.30 when people were getting up and I would sneak back in the halfway house. And uh, one of those nights, uh, he had asked me if I wanted to roll around with him and I said, no, I couldn't. So my dad was gonna come pick me up and take me to work and that night he actually got pulled over and he shot two police officers. He killed one, uh, brutally maimed the other one. I think he's back on the force now. But uh, you know, he's gonna be in prison for the rest of his life. Uh, I would have been in the car with him that night had my dad not been coming to pick me up to take me to work. So I'd have Am been... I remembering this right? Did you tell me, I think you texted me or something, you're telling me, is there a note I wrote to you or something that you... I'm trying to remember that. Yes, and I never read it, and yeah. it has eaten me up to this day. I never read it. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't stand the thought of looking you in the eye. That's... I isolated after, you know, I, I kept going downhill for a couple of months after that until I finally just ran out of gas. Um, and then I isolated for the next almost three years. I would wind up talking my way back into my family and uh, working for my dad. And I would get up, uh, go to work, go home. I got an apartment, shut the door, isolate, get up, go to work, go home, shut the door, get up, go to work, go home, shut the door until. Devil ran the same play again. Uh, talk to me about. Let's talk about that faithful, that kind of fateful night. Uh, what what happened that night that turned everything for you? So ran the same play. Found uh, some stuff laying on the ground when I was at work, December, January, something like that, 2022, 2023, and um, had a few pretty bad episodes where my parents tried to call me out and I, you know, deny, 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 deny. And got hooked up with some people and wound up in my apartment by myself one night. And uh, 
It was probably like 11.30 when I did what I was doing. And when I woke up, I was between my bedroom door and my bathroom door, face down, can I? Face down in a puddle of vomit. And first thing that came to my mind, you know, it's daylight, Jimi Hendrix on his back, you know. And uh, I was like, had I been on my back, I would not be seeing daylight right now. This, I'd never had a like, healthy sense of fear, uh, never. And that really put a healthy sense of fear into me. And I just kind of cried out like, I need help. Uh, not, not like this, I'm doing a song and dance, going to rehab, do what I got to do, graduate the program and come back out and sneak around and do my own stuff. Came back in these doors, got a hold of Buddy, got back into CR, uh, got involved with the step study, and then I got a text message from you, like on a Tuesday morning, asked me if I wanted to go have coffee, and I was really hesitant because you know I, I'm relentless. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know we, we throw around the words guilt and shame a lot in the recovery community, but the word that I would use for me was embarrassment. Uh, the fact that you saw me and I know what I looked like that day and I can't get that out of my head. Um, horribly, horribly embarrassing for someone that I look up to and respect as a faith leader um, to have seen me and to have pleaded and you know tried so hard on my behalf and for me to have slapped your hand away and spit in your face, you know? Um, but I said, yeah, coffee. I like coffee. I like Starbucks, whatever. You know, we'll go have coffee. And you We start. met at like 5 a.m. Yeah, because he had to we go were. do landscaping. Yeah. And so we met at, at 5 a.m. Um, I, I don't, there's just, uh, we all have this opportunity in our lives to really show the unconditional love of God. And, uh, and I, I just think about that moment where the prodigal just came to himself in that pig pen and that slop, and it's like you were a down in the slop and you, you came to yourself. I remember you walking through the door that day and seeing your face. There's only one other person that I was that overwhelmed in seeing them. That's Whit Hannah, who's going to be baptizing his mom later in the service. Um, and just seeing that and being so overwhelmed um, and so then we go to, go to coffee, and I'm telling you about the work we're doing in Ethiopia. And then I say, hey, yeah, we're going to go on a mission trip in Guatemala. And then you say, um, you know, I've always kind of uh, been interested in missions and stuff. And I said, you should go. And th- you'd been clean like how long? Like maybe uh, a couple of months. A couple of months? Yeah. And he's like, and, yeah. and Brandon's like, uh, you felt like there's no way I, I'm not, I'm so not qualified. A hundred percent not qualified. But for some reason, I don't know, maybe you were pushing. And I, and I was like, fine. And uh, yeah. Here's I, why I did, though, because I knew, uh, I knew if you went on that trip, and I knew that it would get you in a position where, where God could really, really speak into your soul. We go on these trips of thinking we're going to change the world, which is, yes, we're going to impact people's lives. But I knew in that isolation that it would radically, radically change. And it did. You should, this guy in, in uh, Guatemala, we go and we have this youth rally. And uh, there's like 100, 150 uh, teenagers who showed up. Um, we were all intimidated because they all showed up with Bibles. Like, 
we were all intimidated. We're like, we have the Bible on our phone? Um, they had paper Bibles. I was like, wow, I'm going to go home and just spank all of our people and tell them to bring paper Bibles because he's, I'm kidding. But we were intimidated a little bit. And, and you got up and shared your story halfway around the world. Um, I, I, don't, I can't even imagine the impact that's going to have. But um, you know, kind of bringing it all together here, uh, can you tell us just what the impact Guatemala had on you? I can honestly say, I mean, being raised in the church, being around other people off and on for a long time in my life, that was the first time that I felt like the spirit move, I mean, through me in a, in a major way, and I felt like connected to God, and I don't know, I feel like when that happens, there's just no going, like you can't undo that. I can't, I can't undo that. And uh, I actually keep this in my car. You sent this to me from Guatemala. And every time I start thinking about some very trivial thing that I have to complain about, I just pick this up and I look at this because uh, that trip changed my life. 100%. I'm relentless. I <laughs> am relentless. I'm going back next year. What's amazing is uh, now Brandon's gone through core purpose, and uh, he went through it individually with, with uh, Pastor Eric um, one-on-one. We offer that one-on-one, by the way, if you ever want to go through core purpose one-on-one, because that also will radically change you. And now you're, I remember we, we asked if you wanted to play in the worship team, you didn't feel qualified for that. We said, come play. We always trick people, by the way, by telling them, hey, just come play during practice. Just play during practice. And then we're like, hey, so the other guy didn't show up. Can you play in the service? Knowing that, you know, the other guy wasn't even scheduled. Um, Some people call it manipulation. We call it a move of the spirit here. Um, So proud of you, Brandon. And what I want you to hear in this is Brandon is just on a journey. It's not like he's going to be perfect. It's not like he's going to do everything right all the time. I don't know what the future holds. I just know that God's got a hold of you and this is your church family, right? Come on, are we as we're his church family? That these are some people that love you, care about you. Father, we pray for Brandon right now. We ask God that your spirit would be upon him. Thank you, Father, for releasing him from that demonic stronghold that the enemy had on him. Thank you for bringing him out of the darkness into the light. Thanks for a mom and a dad who were relentless in their prayers for their child. Thank you for bringing the prodigal home. You be glorified through that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brandon. We want to continue to just celebrate the good things that God is doing in our church family. This is one of the newest members of our family because Roman got baptized just a few weeks ago. Come on. Yeah. That was pretty, do we have it? Can we show it like this? Let me see some of that. Do we have some of that baptism? Can we, we, there it is right there. He is, man, this was such a beautiful moment for him. So uh, Roman, uh, Batista, you tell us uh, your, your journey a little bit different than, than Brandon's. Mm-hmm. Um, you were, um, well, you, I'll let you fill in the gaps on this, but you were raised in a Christian home, but it wasn't a healthy home. Talk to us about that. It was far from healthy. Um, it was a drug addicted mother 
who would leave days at a time, and we were left there with our our nanny because she thought that it was good to pay off that care in that aspect. Um, and she was very, anytime that she was there, she was either demeaning my father or our father or um, just potentially like yelling or far, far from healthy to say the least. Um, but you were, were you going to church? I, I would go to church with her. I saw it as an opportunity for me to get close with her. I saw it as she's doing this, I'll give it a shot. And I would go and at the time I wouldn't experience anything remotely close to what I feel today. Um, the community, the purpose, it was I'm here for my mom. And that that was kind of what cycled me away from it once me and her kind of, or once her sins had come to light and I was told the truth about a series of things. So you're in church, but then you're just like, I don't want to have anything to do with any of this. Mm -hmm. um, talk to us about walking away from um, religion, Christianity, what was that experience like and where did it take you? I had, or we were moving my mom's things from apartment to apartment because my dad was still trying his best to support my mom in some ways that he can, ranging from taking her things places or taking us somewhere whenever it was her day to take care of us. Um, we, I remember the day pretty vividly. We were in the moving truck and I was praying to God that he would make me strong enough to, so that my future family wouldn't have to go through this again. And so that I wouldn't have to put my kids through what it was that me and my sisters experienced. And I had denounced my belief at that time because I didn't feel like that it was fulfilled because I was still in pain and I was still suffering from my uh, my mother's actions and so were my sisters. And I went really deep into, oh, the life's meaningless. This is all gonna, this is all gonna end this we do these things for a trivial cause. And in high school, I was, I mean, I was smoking every day and it kind of solidified that nothing is meaningful. And I was, I wrote an essay for an English class and this wonderful young woman had critiqued it and said that it was nihilistic and so I explored that a little bit more and I came to understand that what I was believing in wasn't doing me any good. It wasn't doing anybody any good. It was just bringing me deeper and deeper into the pit. Um, and at that time, I was, 
I had turned to looking into literature and looking into various religions to see if there was something that I could pull from each of them. And everything that I pulled from wasn't fulfilling in one aspect or another. And so most recently I had pulled from uh, Christianity and worshiping the Father and the Son. And that's, I've been able to see that so much more progress in my, fami my, my family interaction and my friend friendly engagement and just valuing people so much more. Mm. I hadn't valued people really at all at that point. Um, it's interesting that you were trying to be enlightened, mm -hmm. but it was dragging you deeper into darkness. And so I knew Roman, but I didn't know Roman. Um, one of the things that we, a lot of our groups practice is um, we uh, talk about sharing our faith. Uh, we call it win witness word. And part of the witness part of what we do in, our, in many of our groups is we talk about how we're sharing Christ. And we do that as a staff of, of talking about who we're praying for and how we're sharing our faith. So most of you know Megan Spears. Uh, and Megan would come to staff and she would talk about her neighbor. Uh, which was your stepmom, mm -hmm. and praying for her, but then, but also saying, so uh, her stepson, his name is Roman, and and so we would pray for you over and over and over again. And so, whatever your prayers are, they're not wasted. It's not like you're just praying and nothing is happening. When you're praying, God is moving. He might not move through you, but he might move through another person and use someone else in that circle. And that whole time, I believe, as we were praying, the Spirit of God is stirring you up. And I, I love that um, we, the churches in our community, we all work together so that we're not, we don't compete against other churches. That's, I don't understand what that is. Um, we have people here this morning, some friends right here on the front row that are from other churches here in our community, from Audacity Church and from uh, Battle Creek Church. And uh, these are friends, and we work together in this city. And you ended up at Church on the Move. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the only church I would say is not a good church. But other than that, no, I'm, our children's ministry, when I was a children's pastor, was built on... Uh, Willie George and some of his children's ministries. Our children's ministry, actually, we, we, I owe so much to that church for what they've done for our church and our children's ministry. But you, you ended up uh, going to Church on the Move and recommitting your life to G coming to Jesus. Talk to us about that. So growing up, while I had uh, separated from my mother and going to church with her, I had also a friend that I had spent a lot of time with he would go to church on church on the move or to church on the move and so as the time went on I still remained friends with him and I was like I'm gonna give it a shot I'm gonna see if the things that I'm learning about and embodying that communal experience and the praise and the worship see if there's anything to it so he, did he invite you to church, or you just knew he went to church? I knew that he went to church, wow. and so I had invited myself. And <laughs> we, we've been friends since I we love were. that. I, but I love that you can be a light, and even when you're not doing that, you're not inviting people, the light is just surrounding you. You're like, I don't know what you got, but I want that. Yes, uh, that was exactly what it was. So then uh, Megan's continuing to pray. 
she ends up uh, getting you, uh, again, we would not call this manipulation, we would call this a move of the spirit, uh, to volunteer, what you saw on our highlight video there of the Kids year. Kids Fest. Kids Fest. <laughs> and I was like, I remember standing there with Megan, I go, who's, who's that guy over there working one of our games? I was like, I don't even know who that is. And she goes, that's Roman. That's Roman. I'm like, what? I couldn't believe you were here. And then you and I talked afterwards. And that's when we talked about baptism. And then the coffee came along. and Yeah. <laughs> I have a pattern, people. I, so you're like, man, I just avoid a coffee with Pastor Brad. That's, that's the key right here. But I, I want to say thank you to all those that prayed for me. It really. Yeah, come on. We really celebrate that. Yeah. Your story is just incredible. And then coming here, being baptized, this is your church family. Can we pray for Roman? Father, thank you for the spirit of God uh, being in that moving truck. Uh, when he's a kid, he's just a kid. He's crying out to you. For being with me mm. on those days mm. that I thought that there was no point in tomorrow. In those times that all I thought was it would be better without me. All those times that you were there with me to keep me going, Lord. I thank you. I pray that anyone else that it's going through those times or is deep in that pit, that you help guide them to the light so that they may be reborn in your righteousness. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's celebrate, Roman. Come on. Man, celebrate what God has done. We hope this message today has encouraged and inspired you. If you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. And if we can support you or encourage you or help you in any way, please use any of the links that are in the description. Thanks again for joining us online. We pray you have a great week.